Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode, I speak with Rebecca about the birth of her two sons. Both of her births, she's used hypnobirthing techniques and has been to the birth center and had water births. So this is a really lovely, positive episode, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hey, Rebecca, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Jordan. Thanks. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yes, so my name's Rebecca and I'm married to James and we have two boys. Charlie is two and Miles is two months and we live in the Waikato. Awesome, very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys the first time around? Did you plan on trying to fall pregnant? Would you like to take us through that? So when I was in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome. And also I had endometriosis, which I had surgery for. So um, I knew early on that I was going to have potential problems. Um, And at that time I was single and didn't really care too much. Um, (laughs) But then meeting my now husband James when I was um, in my mid-20s, that was kind of an early conversation that we had. So we saw a fertility specialist and decided to... um, start trying not trying um, for a year before we were eligible to go on the waitlist for IVF um, and then we did one round of letrozole which stimulates ovulation and we fell pregnant on that first round which was awesome um, and so I was actually we were engaged by that point and so we ended up getting married when I was eight months pregnant <laughs> I reckon that's always the way if you know that you're getting married something always happens and then you end up pregnant exactly and the way we saw it is like we couldn't put our life on hold to try and get pregnant like it was going to create way too much pressure so sure see what happens (laughs) awesome and how did you find out that you were pregnant did you miss a period or do you want to take us through that yeah so we did a what's called a monitored round um, of letrozole so we um, took medication on days whatever we needed to do that and then went in for ultrasound so that they could see um, like the follicles and things like that and then tell us okay right time or not to try if it was not if it was you know chances of um, multiples and things so yeah um, that was that was fun um, <laughs> to be told when to try and 
dry for five days. <laughs> um, and then obviously I knew on day what was it, 28 that um, I was going to have a blood test the following day, but I just wanted to do a pregnancy test anyway. And so that's how I found out in the very early hours of the morning because, you know, first morning we is um, trying <laughs> to try to take a test. And yeah. Yeah, got a positive result, which was really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And had you had many thoughts around where you thought you might want to deliver or if you wanted to go to the hospital or was there a birth centre available? Yep, so where we are in Tiamato, we're super lucky to have a birth centre here and it was relatively newly built when um, we had our first baby. So that was always our plan um i have a fear of hospitals so um that was that was not an option for me unless i needed to go there um, in an emergency but yeah the birth center is literally like two blocks from our house so oh awesome yeah very cool and what was the rest of your pregnancy experience like did you have many symptoms throughout the different trimesters um first trimester i just felt i was quite nauseous i sort of described it as like I was hungover every day, all day. So pretty much um, eight takeaways every day, which is not (laughs) ideal, but that was like the only thing that um, made me feel semi-okay to, you know, be working full-time at that point. So um, luckily I felt better after the first trimester and started to eat better as well because I was a bit worried about um, how much weight I was going to (laughs) put Um, and then I got, I had, um, sciatica, so that was quite painful when I was on a desk job. So I think that that was not helping the, um, but I was just getting regular chiropractic and, um, treatment and massages and things just to try and alleviate the symptoms and just rest basically. Yeah. Awesome. And did you go to any antenatal classes or did you use any other um, birthing resources that you planned on trying to use in your labour and birth? Yeah, so we did a one-day antenatal course, um, which was okay. And we did a hypnobirthing course, which was amazing and highly recommended. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. And did you do that through a practitioner in the Waikato? Yes, so Beautiful Birth um, by Vicky in Cambridge. And so it was a really nice small group there was there was five couples um and we did that over a few weeks and that was just yeah really awesome for both me and James yeah yeah cool and did you find out the sex of the baby before you went into labor or was it a surprise we did yep I <laughs> yeah <Anna>. yeah. <laughs> yeah I think it's so hard not to I admire the people who um leave it a surprise because <laughs> there's no way I could Oh, totally. Self-discipline is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And what were those last few weeks of pregnancy like for you? Did you end up going into spontaneous labor? Yeah. So I, in my mind, I, I fixated on going overdue so that I wouldn't get to my due date and um, be disappointed. So I was yeah. due on the 30th of May and my guess was the 10th of June. <laughs> so I was mm-hmm. very... Um, yeah, just trying to get into that headspace of being fine with it. Um, I was feeling I felt really good at the end of my pregnancy. Um, and so I wasn't wishing the time away. I was actually really enjoying the um, your Netflix and catching up with friends. And um, yeah. it was quite nice. So I was 41 weeks 
when I went into labour with Dali. Yeah, awesome. And what were the first signs of labour? Probably looking back, the first sign was me cleaning the whole house, like quite <laughs> over the top. Um, and that night I I um, had had sort of Braxton hips, which I hadn't had um, previous to that. So I sort of thought maybe something was happening. Um, I'd been yeah. really sick with a cold the whole week prior. So I was a little bit worried that I was going to go into labour while I was so sick. But thankfully I'd come right. Um, and then my actual first, yep, this is happening, is I woke up in the morning about 1am um, and was having contractions and was timing them. So I was like, okay, I think it's happening. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And did you labour at home for long? Do you want to take us through that and then into your birth story? Yeah, cool. So it was um, Sunday morning um, at about 1am when those contractions started. And then I was luckily able to um, go back to sleep for a few hours. And then I think I was sort of sleeping off and on and got up at about seven and was having, having pretty regular, maybe every 10, 20, 30 minutes. Um, but I was still able to carry on my day. So I, I knew very much that I was in early labor and kind of preparing for the long haul. Everyone sort of says that your first labor can take quite a while. Um, and so James and I, um, were just laboring at home that day. And then I text my midwife, um, Sunday afternoon, just letting her know that I was having sort of mild, um, contractions, but sort of felt like, yeah, we're, we're in for maybe a, a long night. So, um, was hopeful that I would get some rest. Unfortunately, that was not the case. I think. Um, yeah, I don't know if I slipped a wink. I found the contractions really hard if I was lying down. So being um, upright um, was better for me. And I was in the bath a lot. So at one point we ran out of hot water. It was really <laughs> infuriating. And I yeah. had to have gas hot water the next time. <laughs> um, and then I really struggled sort of around the sort of 3 to 5 a.m. mark. Um, you know, the depth of the, of the night and it felt quite lonely. And even though James was up with me, but, um, once the sun rose, I felt a lot better. I was sort of back in my headspace, um, and couldn't believe that I'd been in labor already for over 24 hours. But yeah, I was like, okay, Monday, today's the day, 5th of June, that's a nice day to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my sister came over and, one of our dogs and she sat with me so that James could um, have a few hours sleep while I was still having quite regular contractions and I remember falling asleep at one point sitting upright on the couch and then waking up to a contraction oh how long do I sleep for and my sister said oh maybe five minutes I was like oh wow that felt like way longer like <laughs> it was amazing what a few minutes could just do um, and so Monday still really strong contractions um, but still not getting any closer. Like we got probably down to maybe five minutes apart, but then it would start to space out a little bit more, but nothing, nothing longer than I think 30 minutes was my biggest gap at one point, but that was not for very long. Um, and then I'd text my midwife that Monday afternoon telling her everything, everything was going and we were still, still waiting and still timing. Um, and that I was really hopeful that I wasn't going to do another all-nighter because I didn't know how I was going to do that. 
And somehow I did because it got to Tuesday morning and I still hadn't had a baby. And oh my goodness. Still at home. Oh yeah, that that Tuesday night was well, Monday night, Tuesday morning was was hard, especially because James yeah. was falling asleep and um yeah, it was it was exa- I was exhausted. That's what I was. Yeah. Um, and so that morning, about eight a.m., my midwife came over to our house and um, checked me. Um, we had originally planned for no for no checks, um, but by that point, since I'd been labouring for so long, um, it was it was decided that we would just check, and I was maybe one or two centimetres. Um, yeah. But I didn't feel disheartened, I because I knew from doing the hypnobirthing and things and understanding that that wasn't necessarily a sign of how much further I had to go and that the contractions were doing something and I the baby was always kind of towards on the right hand side of um of me so I sort of felt like yeah he wasn't quite head down um completely like um on my cervix so that's what the contractions were doing um trying to get him in the right position um and so my midwife prescribed a sleeping pill and some codeine which I was quite surprised about it was quite um natural um yeah but she could just obviously see that I just needed to just hopefully relax and that might that might help as well um so that was the plan to go to bed try and get some sort of sleep and um then reassess and Unfortunately, I, I think I, I might have fallen, fallen asleep for 10 minutes or so, but then the, the contractions were just still so painful and I couldn't sleep through them. Um, mm. So Tuesday afternoon, um, James was on the phone to my midwife and she could hear what I sounded like over the phone having contractions and she said, right, okay, come to the birth center at 3 o'clock. So I thought we were just having an appointment, but she could tell what stage I was at and I was I was progressing and we had also started we'd stopped timing for a while and then we decided to start again because I sort of felt like they were coming closer and stronger and longer um which they were which was really encouraging so away we went to the birth center at 3 30 um I had a contraction in the lounge then jumped in the car and got out of the car, walked into the birth centre and then had my next contraction because we lived that close, <laughs> which was awesome. And then she, my midwife, checked me when I was there and I was six centimetres. So that was good. I um, had lost my a bit of my plug and things during the day. Still waters were intact. Um, and I'd gone to the bathroom before I, I wanted to have a water birth. So the pool had been run. At the birth center, and I got into the pool at four o'clock, and I loved being in the pool. Um, just the the heat of the water was really good for me, in terms of pain relief and things. And we had the hypnobirthing um, affirmations playing over the Bluetooth speaker in the room. I had my birth photographer there, and I labored in the pool from four o'clock and. Charlie was born just before 6 p.m. So in terms of the active stage, that wasn't very long at all, which I was grateful for. I think I had a maybe 25 minutes of um, of, of pushing, um, effectively. And yeah. I could 
feel I'm I've got notes, my birth notes are saying that I could feel him coming down and so when my midwife um told me that the head I felt down and it just felt really squishy and I didn't know what that was because it didn't feel like a head, but he was still in his waters at that point, so he was crowning in his waters. Um, and then yeah which was really cool and then they um broke when when he came out so he had like part of the sack on his head when he came out which was which was funny um and then unfortunately his breathing wasn't great so they were doing the um the score and that wasn't improving so he, we had to cut the cord after a few minutes and he had to go over to the resource table and, and have the um, oxygen and things, which was scary. Um, the emergency yeah, button got yeah. pushed and, and another midwife came rushing in and I just sat there in the pool in shock. Um, but luckily, you know, he, he was fine. He was just, like I say, he was just so chilled out. He was just like taking his time to... <laughs> to get his breath going um, properly. So within maybe 10 minutes, everything was all okay. I had to have the injection to release the placenta just in case we did have to transfer or anything. Yeah. Um, and then so my placenta was released that way. And then I was out of the pool and onto the bed and having skin to skin and breastfeeding. So, yeah, that's kind of the story in a nutshell. Yeah, awesome. And did you need any stitches or anything like that? No, I had about a one degree tear, but um, my midwife said that um, the placement and things that should heal naturally. She she asked me if I wanted to be stitched, and I said, "No, I'm I'm fine. I've had enough down there." So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and a few grazes, but but nothing nothing too bad, which was which was good. Yeah, and did you find that throughout that? Um, sort of active stage of your labor that the hypnobirthing techniques you were using were helpful or did you not really notice um, maybe because you were so deep into that um, active stage? I definitely feel like the hypnobirthing techniques really helped Jane know how to support me. Yeah. So we, I felt really connected to him and he knew what to say to me, what affirmations to say. Um, that was really, really helpful um, because it was something to concentrate on. You know, he would say, relax your jaw. Um, you know, your, your body can, can birth this baby. And just, you know, the hypnobirthing, I think everybody has their own take on it and it takes away and practices what's relevant to them. Uh, I'm not yeah. a visual pers- person at all, so I didn't do the visualizations, but affirmations for me was, was key. And having that confidence that yeah I can do this and I know at the time I did say I can't do this and yeah I was transitioning at that point so (laughs) and by me saying those sort of things I was very close um but you know there was there was no screaming um there was definitely being very vocal but it was very primal and really empowering and and our photos that we had from our birth photographer really show that just show that James yeah. and I birthed our baby and our midwife was, you know, sitting there taking notes and, and occasionally checking in and things, but it really was us, which was fantastic and also empowering for James to feel so part of that experience. Yeah. Awesome. That's really cool. I think, yeah, like you said, everybody does take something 
different from hypnobirthing and it's not for everyone, but that's great that you found something that was really useful for you. Absolutely. The biggest thing for me was um, going in through it. I was really looking forward to my labor and yeah. people looked at me like I was crazy when I said that <laughs> and that I would, you know, change my mind very, very soon after giving birth. But no, nah, I, I remember saying when I was still in the birth center, I can't wait to do that again. Like, <laughs> because it is, it's, um, it, I mean, it hurts, but it's amazing. Yeah. And I'm really yeah. glad that I had that outlook. Yeah. Awesome. And after that, did you try and latch him on? Were you planning on trying to breastfeed? Yes. Yeah. So I, I remember saying to my midwife early in our appointments, um, yes, I plan on breastfeeding if I can. And I don't know yeah. why I had that, um, that saying, but I know that it is, it's a common thing to say. Um, but we, we did a lot of research. <laughs> I'm, a bit of an academic, if you can't tell. Um, so we looked at all the online um, videos of, of how to breastfeed because it's it's really hard. Like, and all you usually see is um, older babies typically being breastfed. So you know they just kind of pop on themselves. Whereas latching a newborn is hard work and it's really awkward and they're so little. And so we did, yeah, a lot of. Um, a lot of looking at videos and things like that to try and school ourselves as much as we could before baby was here because I was very worried about having, you know, a bad latch and things and then getting damage and then it being even harder and just slow on effect. So we um, definitely planned to breastfeed and he latched um, soon after birth, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah, cool. And how long did you end up spending in the birth centre? So because he was born, he was born just before 6 p.m., but we didn't get into the room until after 9 p.m. So I think we were then eligible to have, like, effectively three nights. So he was born on yeah. the Tuesday and we went home on the Friday. So super lucky, and the birth centre wasn't – I think we were the only ones there the first, first night. So we just had the midwives on tap, and we definitely utilised them because I figured, mm. why not? And we got them yeah. in the time eating just to make sure we were getting that right um and it was it was so nice we really enjoyed our time and our stay at the birth center in our little bubble I guess yeah awesome and what was your experience like once you got home how did you find adjusting to those first few weeks as a mum to a newborn and sort of that whole life change that you experience yeah it was it was actually, I had a really good experience, which I'm so grateful for, because I know that that's not the case for a lot of new mums. Um, my only friend that um, had a baby before me had a severe reflux baby, so I saw her really struggle, and that was my sort of benchmark of, of worst-case scenario. So I really needed yeah. that to have a really rough time. And also with um, I, I've suffered from mental health issues in the past with anxiety and depression, so I was a little bit cautious that I may have, you know, been more susceptible to TMD or anything like that. Um, I was almost the opposite, though. I was on a real high. I, I didn't get the baby blues. I, But, I mean, I had a really, really cruisy newborn. Like, Charlie did not cry, like, <laughs> at all, which, we would tell people that and they would kind of look at us like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and yeah we we were so blessed and but we knew and we were really grateful that we did have a really really um, good experience so I really enjoyed having having a newborn and it also felt very um, I think it was a very social time for me as well because I had a few friends that had babies that were born around the same time and and um, started doing space so met lots of friends through there and and really enjoyed that newborn first few months. Yeah, awesome. I think it's so nice to hear. I think um, we often hear of the sort of really tough stories, but I think it's important that we talk about the positive ones too, so that's awesome. Absolutely. Cool. And how long did you end up um, breastfeeding for? So I breastfed until I got pregnant again. So I think Charlie was about 15 months, and by that point we'd kind of um, day weaned. He, he'd just day wing himself and so I was down to yeah. one feed before bed and then dropped that really easily so luckily we didn't have any, any issues trying to wean him. <laughs> yeah cool and were you trying to fall pregnant the second time around? No well yes and no I guess um, yeah. we just didn't use any contraception because we figured that we would have to probably take the leprosole again and yeah. I guess because I had such an easy newborn, I remember saying when he was like three months old that I'd be keen to have another baby like right now, which <laughs> I'm glad I didn't because that would have yeah. been full on. I didn't know what a one-year-old was like at that point. <laughs> um, and so we just sort of thought, well, if it happens, it happens. Um, but very much thinking we would probably plan to do the medication again. And then, yeah, we got pregnant. Um, yeah, when he was about three months old, so just naturally, um, which was so cool. Like I'm so stoked that I got to to do it naturally and not have it. And, yeah, I mean it wasn't as medical as it could be, but it's nice to feel a bit more normal. Yeah, awesome. And what were the first signs that you were pregnant? Um, I think I just took a test because. So with um, having off, I don't have a regular period. Yeah. Um, but one month I did think that I potentially could have ovulated. And so I think I did. Yeah, I did end up taking a test before I got any symptoms. I may have been like slightly late. But um, yeah, again, if you use my last menstrual period, that doesn't work out to be my proper due date. So um, I'm not, yeah, not regular in that respect. Yeah. Um, and then, so I had a positive pregnancy test, which was great. And then the symptoms kind of hit a few weeks later. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And did you think that you wanted to go back to the birth center this time around, or what were your thoughts there? Originally, I was so keen on a home birth. I really wanted to do that. And then I kind of thought, we're so lucky to be so close to a birth center. We wouldn't have to do any cleanup. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't run out of hot water. Um, so, yeah, my plan sort of, yeah, I really did want to do the home birth, but decided to, to go back to the birth centre. Um, and it's really, and I wanted, I knew I wanted to have a water birth again. So I know you can get the pools and stuff, but it was, um, yeah, plan to go back there. It's all good. Yeah, awesome. And did you have many pregnancy symptoms this time around? Was it any different to your first? It wasn't majorly different, no. I just had that sort of nauseous hungover first trimester. 
Um, I didn't get as bad sciatica, which was good, but yeah. I guess um, I wasn't, I was only working part time at this point, but then I did have a toddler as well. So I don't know what was worse, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a pretty straightforward pregnancy again, which I was very, very grateful for. Yeah, awesome. And were you planning on trying to use the hypnobirthing techniques that you'd already learned or did you do some sort of refresher or what was that like? Yeah, so we definitely used um, the birthing information um, soundtrack and James got out of his folder and was reading through <laughs> those things. But um, yeah, I think like I was saying earlier with the hypnobirthing for us, it was really that having that positive mindset of birth is is really awesome and really looking forward to it and you know being really hopeful for a positive experience so yeah. I think already having that mentality and that philosophy that stays with you um and then this time around I did want it coincided really well with my best friend coming over from Australia at the same time that I was due well a few weeks after so um luckily she was able to be at the birth so I kind of schooled her in a few things but um <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, the hypnobirthing, we, I mean, the second, your second pregnancy and your second baby, you're like, don't try as hard as the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, before I knew it, I hit my due date and I was like, wow, I should probably pack a bag by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. And so did you end up going into spontaneous labor this time around? I did, yes. So I was 41 weeks again. Um, so my, um, yeah, so my best friend was leaving the, the next day. And so I said, oh, if the baby doesn't come on Thursday, then you won't be here. Um, but luckily I went into labor on the Wednesday night. We'd both gone to the pregnancy yoga class that night. And I woke up in the night with mild, irregular contractions. And then the Thursday um, was having, yeah, quite quite irregular contractions. I almost thought, am I actually in labor? Um, which second time around you think you would know. Um, and so we just labored at home on the Thursday. And I just sort of felt like, oh, it's going to be ages like the first time. Like even yeah. though um, Maddie was there. Um, that day I was like, oh, she's leaving on Friday. She still won't be here at the birth. Mm. Um, so we just chilled out and was at home. And then my midwife and student midwife came over in the afternoon because I already had a weekly appointment scheduled, um, for that day. Came over about four and I had a couple of contractions while they were here, but you know, I was, I could just breathe through them kind of thing. And so I sort of thought, okay, well, we'll, we'll see you. Tomorrow or something, um, and then not long after they left, the contractions really started to ramp up. Um, my midwife suggested that I do inversions, so I was basically like, like my legs were on the couch, and my I was sort of doing like a plank on the floor, but so that I was on a bit of an angle and towards the floor. And she reckoned that that could kind of like help the baby come a little bit out of my pelvis and then back down the right, like to be more center. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if, if that was what worked or um, another friend said, get in the shower because that really kicked off her, her labor. So I was doing both and James was in, in the shower with me 
and it just really ramped up and you know my midwife had already left maybe an hour before and I said to James I think you need to ring her again like I'm I'm sure I'm I'm quite far along like we might need to go to the birth center soon and by this point you know Maddie was like cooking dinner thinking that we were like settling in for the night um and so I'm on the phone to my midwife and she said oh you know ring me you know if you if you think you need to go to the birth center you know I'm, I'm going to Cambridge now and I said okay well I'm, I'm not sure when when to but uh, okay so I, I felt really unsure of myself I don't know why I didn't like trust myself um and but then she heard me have a contraction on the phone and her response was I'm turning around and I'll see you at the birth center in 20 minutes <laughs> so we're like okay right it's go time so um get in the car like last time, just have a contraction in the lounge, hop in the car, get to the birth centre, have the next one. Um, and got to the birth centre at about just after 6.30pm. My birth photographer came in um, and my best friend was there, Dante's there, my midwife was there and the student midwife came as well, which was really cool. And so I had a shower while the pool was getting um, run Popped into the pool at about seven, and he was born just after eight. So that was even faster than the last time, which um, I thought last time was was pretty fast for active labour. Um, so I was in the pool. I got really hot. I, I was hot last time as well. So I had the fan going, which was great. I just had the fan like directed on my face, and I had cool panels trying to cool me down, and just had the had my birthing soundtrack them again um and then all of like and I hadn't had a show waters were still intact so I didn't feel like I was very far along like, as far along as I thought and I was really conscious of not being at the birth center for too long or for having stalled labor or anything like that and at one point I remember my midwife saying oh you're, you're in transition I sort of thought no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I think I've stalled. Like, I, I, maybe I should go back home. Like, um, and then, yeah, sure enough, like, baby, yeah, he. I, I didn't have any, any pushing. So, I think it was just at one point that I was like, I'm gonna push, and then he just came out. Like, <laughs> everyone was not expecting him to be born like right then. So, yeah. Um, the birth photographer was like, oh, quick, push play on the video to capture it. <laughs> um, and that was, yeah, so I was lucky that he was, um, that that part was all good. And my waters must have broken, yeah, at, at the time that he was, that he um, came out, or but he didn't have the stack like Charlie did, so not too sure. But um, luckily no, no issues with breathing or anything like that. I think I was a little bit nervous of something like that happening again, but no yeah. two births are the same so you can't bring in what's happened before just like I didn't want to bring in that I'd had a really positive experience last time thinking that it was all going to go okay again as well like I had to yeah, yeah. all scenarios and, and be okay with that so um but yeah it was all it was all good yeah awesome and did you know you were having a boy this time yeah we did <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool and did you do um delayed cord clamping or what was the process after he was born yes so I was able to do all the things that I um, didn't get to do last time so we yep um waited for the 
records to um to go write and things before before painting that and I birthed the placenta naturally so I didn't have the injection and whoa I was not prepared for how painful that was going to be <laughs> and I remember just thinking what I've just had labor why is it happening again and uh, you know um trying to hold my baby and yeah it was it was really painful for me I know that some people don't find it that bad um I was still in the water at that point and it was obviously really hot and so I was really struggling and starting to get um really quite faint and things so it was a bit of an ordeal to to have the placenta but I mean once once those that was out it was good and I was able to get out and hop over to the bed which was was good yeah awesome and did you need any stitches this time no um no tearing slight graze I think um but I I remember first time around I remember feeling like you know swollen and sore and bruised yeah sitting and things was like uncomfortable whereas this time around it was a lot better I don't know if it was I was taking like homeopathic arnica tablets I don't know if that helped but um yeah I'm glad that it it was on the store because I had a toddler to look after as well <laughs> yeah. so I needed to be yeah. top shape ASAP <laughs> yeah and was he a bigger baby or was he smaller than your first he was so Charlie was nearly eight pounds and Miles was nearly nine pounds. And um, every, like, even my midwife uh, commented that, oh, you might be having like a smaller baby. like, And yeah, turns out no. <laughs> Funny how <laughs> yeah. the, the size of your stomach isn't necessarily like what size baby you're going to have. So yeah. yeah. And he's a big boy now as well. Like, <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. And how long did you stay in the birth centre this time? We actually left the next morning. So we were going to stay because um, Charlie was um, with my in-laws. But I just felt really uncomfortable. I wanted to be at home. Um, I didn't sleep very well the night that night. I sort of was really sensitive to any sort of noise or, yeah, I didn't feel the same same feeling. And so we, yeah, we home the next morning and that was all good because we didn't need to be there you know to for the midwife's help or anything like we felt confident to, to go home and be on our own no problems yeah yeah awesome and what was your breastfeeding journey like this time yeah it's been it's been fine I forgot to mention that I've had mastitis with, with both the kids so at around four weeks um for both of them I got mastitis yeah. I how people is, is worse than labour because um, I had the full on fever, aches, chills, and you mm. feel like your body's shutting down, and it's a really scary experience. And you're trying to look after a baby as well, and <laughs> and you're really, yeah, not not doing very well yourself. So both times I took antibiotics, which um is a, is definitely a last resort for me, but definitely needed it. So aside from mastitis. And a bit of nipple pain and things in the early days, but those hydrogel breast pads are amazing, and I highly recommend to everybody to <laughs> use them, especially for that first week. Just yeah, just to help because even second time round, um, I think because Miles fed very regularly, so for the first six weeks, 
every sort of hour to two hours day yeah. and night. Um, and because the second time around, I was a lot more confident to, to co-sleep and things like that safely um, during the nights. But I was getting some sort of sleep. I think in the early days, I probably had a bit of a sloppy latch. So, yeah, there was a bit of nipple damage in the first few days, which is so annoying. But you get through it and now it's all good. So we're still breastfeeding now and he's over two months. Yeah. Awesome. And how do you think your physical recovery differed this time to your first time? Um, like I was saying, I think I recovered a bit better this time, or maybe this wasn't as much much damage, I guess. Um, I definitely felt felt pretty good pretty early on. Um I don't know everybody your body just does what it needs to do during pregnancy and post postnatally as well. For some reason, um, I just obviously carried a lot of fluids, so that um, during pregnancy, so that all kind of went really quickly, and I was sort of back to my um, usual self quite soon. Yeah. Um, so physically, physically was pretty good. Um, I'm still I'm going to go get a um, women's health physio check done um, yep. because I did feel like during my second pregnancy I felt like it was um it was different and that something you know um could be could be looked at and I just didn't I didn't know if anything for my first pregnancy if if I'd recovered completely um and then having a second pregnancy you know if that could have been um dealt with better so that I had a better pregnancy in that respect so yeah I was like right after this, I'm going to get checked just to make sure that everything is fine because I'm not a specialist and yeah, I don't really yeah. know and I um, want to make sure that I'm doing all the right things at all the right times. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, awesome. And what about your emotional sort of feelings um, after birth and in that first sort of month or so? How were you feeling this time? Yeah, so this time um, I, def- I did get the baby boost. Um, I found it very overwhelming having a toddler and a newborn and I was prepared going into it that this it was probably going to be be like that in terms of the emotional side. It was almost like, you know, first time around I had James helping me and, and you know, revolving around me and, and felt really supportive in that respect. And the second time around we were really tag teaming, so he had the toddler, I had the newborn, so you were yeah. pretty much on your own. Um, so that's quite isolating for like us both. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of emotions, and I lots of lots of things that were triggered now that I didn't realise I struggled with at the time with Carly. So my main main thing is sleep, um, baby sleep and the hours you spend trying to get a baby to go to sleep. And yeah. that causes me a lot of anxiety. So I definitely recognize it, and I see a counselor about it and try and talk about it, about how I'm feeling as much as possible because yeah. it's really easy to just say, yeah, I'm good, when somebody asks you how you are mm-hmm. and, like, actually, am I? Um, so, yeah, it's definitely been... It's been a different experience and that I've got the hindsight from um, having 
having a child already that everything's a phase and a stage and it does pass and I'm glad yeah. that I do have that going into these difficult times because yeah you know that it does get better and it's just a different version of hard later on <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah awesome well I hope that things continue to improve for you and that you and your two little boys just are healthy and well it's okay. Um, just like to say a massive thank you to you for coming on the podcast today, Rebecca, and sharing your story. I think it's a really lovely one. And I often get requests for positive birth stories with, you know, <laughs> lots of positive things that happen within it. And I think that yours is one of those. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us all. Oh, thank you so much, Jordan. And I just think it's amazing what you do. And these podcasts are really invaluable and I think would help so many women so well done to you oh thank you thanks so much for listening to this episode of the kiwi birth tales podcast i really hope you enjoyed it i'd love to hear your feedback so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our instagram at kiwi birth tales and leave a comment there if you're interested in sharing your birth tale then please head to the instagram page and use the email link to get in touch thanks again for listening i really look forward to sharing the next episode with you Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.